Scishow Tangents is brought to you by Shopify. Hank, when you started your career as <laughs> the internet science man, was opening an online store something that you were really thinking that hard about or something you thought you'd do in a billion years? I was uh, making a shop before I was the internet science man. Oh, what? That was the first thing I did. I was that first. Wow, I got to learn my Hank history. How did that go for you? <laughs> Good. I'll, here's what I'll tell you. Like the the the... The part where we start selling a thing and you get to see the number go up is so exciting. And uh, when it's just like you uh, by yourself, you got to be careful. But luckily, (laughs) Shopify has all kinds of little tools to help you with that, to help you with increasing conversions, to help you with managing orders, with customer support, with all of the stuff. Uh, Because it's a, you know. I don't know. It feels like the industry standard. And so there are all kinds of plugins that you can use to make your Shopify work for you in particular. That's right. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from vlogging in your parents' basement to treading the boards of Carnegie Hall. Now, it was my basement. It was my (laughs) basement of my own home that I was renting. (laughs) Downstairs of. (laughs) If you say so. From your first sale to your one millionth, Shopify is here to help you grow. And they've got a proven track record, my friends. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and powers entrepreneurs in 175 countries. They have, as Hank mentioned, the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And they have award-winning customer service because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tangents, all lowercase tangents. Go to shopify.com slash tangents now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash T-A-N-G-E-N-T-S, all lowercase. Hello and welcome to SciShow Tangents, the lightly competitive knowledge showcase starring some of the geniuses that make the YouTube series SciShow happen. This week, as always, I am joined by Stefan Chin. Hello! What's your tagline? Creaky Bones. Creaky Bones! Sari Riley is also here. Hello. What's your tagline? Your ghost with the most. Ooh, Ooh, thanks. And we're also joined by a special guest replacement, Sam Callie-Moore. Hello! That was a very confusing way to introduce (laughs) 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 Sam replacement. Sorry, Sorry, this is Callie-Moore of PBS Eons and good fossil stuff on Instagram. That'll be my tagline for today, I think. Is that your tagline? Yeah, good fossil stuff on Instagram. And I'm in green and my tagline is, oops, I did it like eight extra times. What did you do? <laughs> this is my tagline. Oh. <laughs> Every week on SciShow Tangents, we try to one-up amaze and delight each other with science facts, and we're playing for glory, but we're also keeping score and awarding Hank Bucks from week to week. We can't tell you who has the most Hank Bucks, because Sam takes care of that. But I bet he'll still be winning, even <laughs> after this episode, without him. Wait, so am I playing for Sam, or am no, I starting no, my own? you get your own points. Yeah. Okay. We do everything we can to stay on topic, but judging by the name of the podcast, we might not be great at that. So if the rest of the team deems a tangent unworthy, you can be Dr. Hank Buck. So tangent with care. Now, as always, we introduce this week's science topic with a traditional science poem from Stefan. All over the world, even in the yard behind your home, you could potentially find a rock that used to be a bone. Or it might have been a plant, a tooth, or just poop. I mean, we've even found some bits of fossilized puke. 
Most of the species that have ever lived are now gone, and only a fraction of those have left their clues in the rock. But from those, we've learned about things millions of years in the past, like that tentacled sea cucumber that looks like something out of Lovecraft. Now, fossilization isn't quite like Han Solo getting trapped in carbonite. There are a few ways it can happen, but the conditions have to be just right for the remains of an organism to be preserved for such a long time, to eventually allow us to discover the Tully monster, Sue, and so many trilobites. And it would be kind of cool to travel all the way back to see some of these creatures in their natural habitat. But then again, looking at the size of the teeth we found lying around, I guess I'm glad the only T-Rexes I know were dug up from the ground. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> snap, 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 snap. <laughs> Our I'm topic really today is fossils. Ooh. Callie, I feel like has some expertise. Don't, don't want me to throw too much weight on your shoulders here. <laughs> but fossils are just like uh, stuff that was alive but is rocks now, right? <laughs> yeah, that's part of it. That's mm -hmm. part of it. That's not part all of it. it. That's not all of it. So you're Ooh. talking about just the body fossils. So things that were part of the body, bones uh -huh. and teeth. Oh, and I guess. Skin. Yeah, yeah. But we also have trails, tracks, burrows, eggs, nests. And right. those are all poop, trace poop fossils. wasn't part of a body. Nope. So it's a trace fossil. Okay. Mm -hmm. Coprolites. And yeah. um, we actually have depressions in sandstone that look like fluid evacuation. And so we call them mm. urolites. So we think that a little reptile like a, would have just lifted up its leg and peed. Yeah. What? Yeah. And we have vomit and and all of those things are. Do you have any fossilized animal houses? Is that a thing? Well, we have Ooh. burrows and we yeah. have found individuals in burrows. Wow. So we know that those were living in the burrow and they made the burrow. They're, the scratch marks on the insides of the burrows match the claws and the teeth of those individuals mm. in the burrow. So we know that they live there. Oh. I can't believe that I was so wrong. Most people like think like, what do you think of when you think of a fossil? You think yeah. of like a yeah. skeleton, basically. Mm -hmm. But there's all sorts of things um, that are associated with ancient life that aren't part of the body. So if you think about like an individual, you have... 200 some bones in the mm -hmm. body. But think about how many steps that individual would have taken throughout right. their entire life. And so the chances of finding footprints are actually way greater than actually finding an individual. Well, except that bones last longer than footprints. Sometimes, yes. Are there species that we only know of from like poop fossils. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so a lot of times it's very hard to say whether this animal created this, this footprint or mm. that poop right. or something like that. And so a lot of times those get uh like they're called echinofossils and so they get a name. We name them and they're in the literature, but we don't know who it belongs mm. to. Oh, okay. So yeah, so there are some that we only know from the traces only yeah. and not from a body fossil. All right, but first, everyone, it's time for... One of our panelists this week, Sari Riley, has prepared three science facts for our education and enjoyment, but only one of those facts is real. The rest of us have to determine which is the true fact. If we get it wrong, Sari gets our Hank book. If we get it right, we get it. Sari, what's going on? <laughs> I'm going to try my best to fool Callie, but this oh, is so man. stressful. I'm stressed out, too, because like, what if I get it wrong? I lose my street cred. Man. Yeah, I try to make it difficult for everyone, so okay. Okay. it's fine. All right. Um, so because fossils need such specific conditions to form, the fossil record is really inconsistent for different creatures in different places. And for a while in the Dominican Republic and the whole island of Hispaniola, there weren't 
many reported bat fossils until scientists made a big discovery of hundreds of well-preserved specimens at an unusual site. And I'm going to give you three options. Two are fake. One is real. So were they. Number one, overlooked in a bed full of pseudo-fossils, which are mineral deposits that form shapes that are mistaken for fossils. Okay. Um, number two, buried in sediment in a flooded cave, which can be dangerous for people to dive down and reach. Or number three, encased in Dominican amber, in particularly mm. big globs of resin found in one section of a mountain range. Big globs of Ooh. amber bats. So we have overlooked in a bed of pseudo-fossils. So, so they, but the, the bats, that's fact. The definitely bats is fact. Yes, how they are found they a found? bunch of bats, but how are they found? Yeah. They were found overlooked in a bed of pseudo-fossils, Buried in sediment in a flooded cave, so they had to, like, scuba dive to them? Mm-hmm. Or encased in big globs of amber? Mm-hmm. Lots of bats encased in big globs of that amber, I feel, I feel like. Do you like the unlikely? Or oh, you likely? think it sounds likely? Oh, no, no, I think it sounds unlikely. Yeah. I feel like I would, like, hundreds of bats in right. globs of but amber? some bats are really small. It's true. Well, I think I already know what I'm going to choose. Oh, wow, which is he knows. the amber, because I think it's so unlikely. It sounds oh. the least likely, so I think that it's Most the truth. Likely. Wow. Okay. I feel like I would have seen them on eBay, because I look at a lot of amber on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> What? What's the coolest thing you've seen in amber on eBay? Uh, there's there's a lot of fakies. Yeah. So like there's like full scorpion in amber and it's like just like a plastic model (laughs) and some more plastic. I don't remember. There was some stuff that was, you know, like ten ten thousand dollar plus. Like I think it was like a piece of a lizard. Like that's the really unusual like vertebrates. And you should like you you shouldn't be buying vertebrate stuff. Mm -mm. You should limit yourself to invertebrates. Because, like, it's important to science. shouldn't be in private collections. These should be in a museum. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, no, not kidding, yes. Yeah, for reals. Can you tell me about pseudofossils, Callie? So pseudofossils are things that look like fossils that aren't actually biogenic. Does this happen regularly? Yeah, so there's these things called dendrites, and it totally looks like a leaf kind of Mm. fern pattern. Um, It's black, usually on a tan rock. And a lot of people think that they're plant fossils, but they're not. It's just a mineral deposit that happened to form in kind of a fractal type of pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also, um, this is kind of getting into the the butt for the end of this, but there has been, in Washington, there are these things that look like turds, but they're mineral and they're not turds, and nobody has found any plant or animal fragment, bones mm. or anything like that in him. And so oh. they think that they were actually, like, squirted out under pressure um, in some special environmental... From what? Yeah. So, like, if you get a flooded riverbank... Mm. And there's like decomposing plants underneath the mud. It's going to release gas and any crack or hole or something in the overlying mud will shoot it out kind of like a pasta shooter. It's an earth poop. It's an earth poop. It's totally earth poop. But these things, you can see them all the time at rock and gym shows. And if you ask the people like, oh, where are these from? If they say Washington, that's your red flag of like, oh, these aren't coprolites. These are these weird I want real poops. I know. You gotta gotta get real poops. So yeah, so there are lots of things out there that look like fossils that aren't Mm -hmm. fossils. Yeah. Okay. And then we have buried in sediment in a flooded cave, Mm -hmm. which I like because like depending on how old, like obviously 
the sea level changes a lot, water mm-hmm. tables change, and so like a thing that once might once have been a really good habitat for bats yeah. might now be underwater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe that's the answer. Well, I don't want to lead you astray, Stefan. You <laughs> seem so confident as a person who never searches for amber on eBay. <laughs> you know? you, I should have known this about you because you gave me a little. I did a mosquito in amber. Yeah. So, uh, Stefan, you've been marked down for encased in big globs of amber. It happened. Final answer. All right. Uh, I'm going to say buried in the flooded cave. I'm also going to go with cave. <sighs> it is the cave. <gasps> yes! <laughs> <laughs> That's so oh, relaxed. That was so... Whew. Yeah, all right. <laughs> After we talked about it more, I was like, that's probably the one. <laughs> I'm going to stick with my answer. <laughs> Brave of you. Uh, taking one for... Mostly just Sarah. Well, we yeah, for me. <laughs> Give me a point. So tell me about these uh, buried cave bats. It's in a place in the Dominican Republic huh. called Oleg's Bat House Cave. <laughs> that's um, a good name for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently underwater, uh, because the geology of the Dominican Republic is so volatile that uh, these underwater caves have some of the most preserved specimens. Mm. Um, and there aren't just bats in the cave, even though there are hundreds of, of bat bones, um, fossilized bones in there. But they also found Cuban crocodiles, so like very well-preserved fossils of uh, crocodiles down there mm. and other reptiles and like sloth remnants. So Whoa. all these very big creatures um, bats are still extant on the island. Like they, they live there and they found 11 different species when they uh, oh, wow. sampled bones from this wow. graveyard type thing. Uh, so do we have other other truths hidden in your lies? Um, <laughs> pseudofossils are a real thing, as yeah. Callie so greatly defined. Um, and then Dominican amber is actually a real thing. Like the oh, yeah. Dominican Republic has a mm. bunch of amber and has... I think the largest concentration of insects trapped in amber from the Americas. Mm-hmm. And they have found uh, reptiles in it, specifically the analyst lizard. Oh, yeah. The little guy. One of those anoles. Oh, yeah. I've seen that guy. Anoles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I've seen him on eBay now. <laughs> on eBay. <laughs> so when you said, yeah, amber uh, vertebrates in amber. And I, I just didn't realize because you see so many insects and because it makes sense that smaller objects or smaller organisms would be trapped in plant resin more easily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there's enough resin around, then a whole lizard. Next up, we're going to take a short break and then the fact off. SciShow Tangents is brought to you by Rocket Money. If I asked you how many subscription services you had, you think you could name them all? And before you just start naming streaming apps, remember that basically everything has a subscription these days. Video games, dating apps, food delivery apps. It's a subscription service world. We're just living in it. And with all of these subscriptions, it can feel like money is just flying out of your account. And that, frankly, sucks. But Rocket Money can help. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money can help you negotiate to lower some bills for you by up to 20%. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in total canceled subscriptions. Escape from the planet of the subscription services and stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash tangents. That's rocketmoney.com slash tangents. Rocketmoney.com 
slash T-A-N-G-E-N-T-S. And we're back, everybody. Hank Buck total. Sarah, you've got one point. I got one. Callie's got one. Stefan's got one. It's a tie Ooh. for ones. Ooh. What are we going to do now? Keep doing Let's, the... Pa- yeah, yeah, the fact up. Yeah, the fact up. Find out who wins. It's time for the fact up. Two panelists have brought science facts to present to the others in an attempt to blow their minds. Uh, each of the people who are being presented to have a Hank Buck to award the fact that they like the most. And it's me versus Callie. So I'm sure this is going to go great. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess we'll go first by the person who has, like, the most fossils tattooed on their body. <laughs> I have none. <gasps> oh, really? Oh, I don't have that's any. A shock. I know. That is a really tough spot. Like, I would have all of life tattooed on me. Oh, you but can't, it's you like, can't I can't pick. pick. Oh, I can't pick. Can't like, pick. and what if, like, I got a lizard here from that's on eBay. It's really gross looking. But it's, <laughs> what if they do it wrong? Like, what if there's oh, something wrong? Oh, yeah, if it's scientifically like, inaccurate. Yeah, you know, yeah. Fossil it's just on like, you. I, it's tough. Ooh. It's tough. Fact check their art while they're doing oh, it. Oh, man. And, like, do I want a dinosaur? Am I going to be a dinosaur person or you know, do something yeah. different like it's been uh-huh. that's it's been rough actually <laughs> <laughs> figure out what, I want to, what ancient life goes on my body there will be some at some point but i don't know you have to know. find like a paleontologist who like has a second career as a tattoo artist yeah so they, who's like, not gonna mess up, up. No, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep so. all right i'm gonna make you do it first anyway okay you go first <laughs> Yeah. I'll go first. Okay. So what type of substance do you most generally think of when you find a fossil? Like if you were going to go out and hunt for a fossil, where would you look? Uh, oh, rocks. Ma- what do you, rocks. What do you mean? Yeah, yeah rocks. like okay. rocks. Okay. I was right. So, <laughs> yes, yes. Ooh, rocks. I was, <laughs> yeah. Limestone, mudstone, any of the sedimentary right. rocks, yeah. basically. Sure. So that is all good and well, but there are very, very rare instances where you can actually get opalized fossils. Uh, okay, what is that? I know what an opal is. I mean, I know what okay. an opal looks like. I don't. So, know all right, everybody, envision an opal in your brains. Oh, beautiful. Now, take a vertebrae and make it into opal. Ooh. Huh. And so, the eBay? Field Museum, <laughs> 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 the Field Museum has an 822 carat mold of a 115 million year old plesiosaur vertebrae. Yeah. Yeah, but it gets even better from there. So there's been lots of things found opalized. You can have belemnites, which are these like internal rods of squids, gastropods, bivalves, and then the vertebrates. So I already mentioned one of them. Um, But two of the 10 known species of dinosaur from Australia are opalized. Huh. Like exclusively? Exclusively opalized. Wow. Yeah. So some of the most famous opal in the world comes from Australia. And so this is usually where you find these opalized fossils is in Australia. And so Eric, the seal-sized pliosaur, which is a short-necked plesiosaur, is one of the most complete opalized skeletons in the world. Basically, like the whole thing is there and it's all encrusted or replaced with opal, so just shiny iridescence, blues and greens and mm. reds and wonderfulness. Oh. The right lower jaw of another one that I'm not going to say is about a hundred million year old dog size ornithopod. That one is super cool. It's a little tiny jaw and the little leaf shaped teeth. Again, it's mm. all replaced 
with opal. Wow. So your next question may be, how does this happen? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so opal is an amorphous mineral. That means it has no crystal form. So like quartz is a six-sided crystal structure. And that's how you find it most of the time is in this six-sided mm-hmm. hexagonal structure. Opal is not like that. It basically just fills cavities. Mm. And that's how you get an opal deposit. Mm. So acidic groundwater can dissolve a fossil and it leaves this cavity in the perfect shape of said fossil. And so this silica rich fluid, so opal is a silica mineral, it goes in there and it fills that cavity and solidifies as the opal. So that's how you have an opalized cast. So the whole thing is opal. It's just in the shape of the bone or jaw or entire Mm -hmm. organism but if the organic material doesn't fully dissolve you can actually get a silica solution will soak into it Mm. and so it's basically like mineralized wood for example except it's a bone and so the internal structures of the bone have been replaced Mm -hmm. or filled in with opal and so you can have a crust of opal on the inside, a crust of opal on oh. the outside versus this opal mold, yeah. mm. opal cast of of a bone or something like That's that. Wild. They are amazingly beautiful. Mm-hmm. They are considered national treasures in yeah. Australia for obvious reasons. There's an entire museum dedicated to opalized fossils. Wow. I would love to go there someday. Yeah. Where is it? <laughs> in Australia, probably in New <laughs> South Wales. Uh so my fact, I yeah. have a fact too. <laughs> cool. I just want to keep hearing Callie tell me yeah. things. <laughs> uh, so I've brought you all a picture, um, and I want you to look at it and tell me what you see. I'm gonna we'll put this on SciShowTangents.com. You could check it out. What? what do you guys see? Anything? If you saw that Some in the holes wall, in the rock, you saw that in a in a cliff face. What would you What would you think? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe like a big plant. That just kind of flopped down. So this is a, the, a picture of a wall of a, a oil sands mine in Canada in the okay. Alberta tar sands area yeah. where they dig out fossil fuels, basically, um, and process them into various fuels and et cetera. And a miner hit this and he said, that looks weird. I don't know why he thought that looked weird because to me it looks like a rock wall. <laughs> but he said, that looks weird. And he called his supervisor over. Uh, and he was like, we need to stop. Uh, let, let me know what you think of this. And they were like, that's something weird and maybe special. So it turns out they stopped digging that guy. And instead of like taking one more swipe with his scoop, which would have completely destroyed this, they found one of the most important scientific finds of recent paleontology. So this was fascinating to read about. When you find a fossil, it isn't just important that it's like scientifically important and that it's preserved well. It's also important that it's somewhere you can get at it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you like find a fossil that's like like 30 meters up a cliff, like it's going to stay 30 meters up a cliff. Like you're not going to do anything about that. Also, oftentimes when you find fossils, they're eroding out of the rock face already. Mm-hmm. So like you'll get like a lot of the bones will be like all around and, you know, you'll have to try and put them all together. And the ones that are still in the wall those ones will all sort of maybe be together and you can figure that out. But this, he had scooped out a fair bit of the back half of an ankylosaur and saw this, uh, looked weird and stopped. It turned out that because it was in a mine, it was surrounded by equipment that is designed to dig stuff out of the rock. (laughs) 
And so Huzzah. they were, so, yeah, like, whereas usually you'd have to like, are we going to drive a backhoe out into the middle of North Dakota? Oh my uh, you're not. Yeah, so uh, yeah, they were able to just <laughs> dig this thing out of and like very, very carefully dig it out. So the um, miners did it or did the mi- they, yeah. they bring in people no, to the, help? The miners, the miners know how to operate their equipment. Well, obviously. They brought it. So they, yes, oh. they brought, they, they called the people, they called the paleontologist. The paleontologist okay. came out and like, this actually looks really important. We don't really know what it is, but we want to remove it. They dug around it. And then like the paleontologist sort of supervised the whole process. Gotcha. Okay. They surrounded it in plaster, put it on two big boards to lift it out and it crumbled. It just oh. fell apart. And so the entire so then they had to put it all back together. <laughs> Luckily, it fell into like pretty big hunks. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> that's Whoa. my fact. They destroyed that, the most important scientific find. That grad student got in big trouble for not jacketing that fossil whale enough. Oh, uh, but it's just a big rock, you know. Uh, so anyway, turns out one of the most well-preserved fossils of all time. Oh. It, huh. They've now actually scraped away a lot of the what is it called? It's matrix. The matrix. Okay, that's what were. I was looking for. <laughs> and check this thing out. It pre- Ooh, it's soft yeah, tissue that's preserved. Right. So it's like, you can see its face. You can see its cute little face. It had 20-inch spines on its shoulder. We'll put a link to the National Geographic article where they have some really dope photos of this thing. But it's like looking at the dinosaur. I've never seen anything like this, and I was sort of shocked that I didn't know about it. Um, and so this level of soft tissue preservation is really unusual. And, and yeah, it all, it's all because like some guy who had a big backhoe, like stopped and didn't take the next hunk of, did they search the previous hunks that he had pulled out? Uh, well, they, like once he stopped, they did a whole survey of all of the pieces that were at the base of the cliff. Um, and just cause you get information about like what Mm -hmm. other, Mm -hmm food or a plant stuff might be around. Apparently it died very fast. It was buried very fast. Mm-hmm. It was buried in slushy, oily, or not oily stuff, but slushy stuff and never never decomposed at all and oh. fossilized all the way in. That's wild yeah. to look at the face of a dinosaur Borellopeltia. Like Borellopeltia? Yeah, those. that is a really neat fossil. And you, you're right there. The getting buried quickly part is mm-hmm. the key to mm. this soft body preservation for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, not having all your flesh rot away. Yeah, it helps. All right. Assign your Hank Bucks. This is such a hard decision. A really there. I'm, gl- I'm, glad I, I'm glad I put up a showing. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you did. There's a lot of good, sweet fossils Excellent. out fossils. there. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I've learned so much this episode. Um, I'm going to give mine to Callie because she's tell. been teaching so much science this whole episode. Yeah, I mean, and, like, Callie not, deserves some Hank bucks. Yeah. It's not just the fact. Not yeah. only did I learn about opalized fossils, but you had like bonus facts on top of that. <laughs> and also asked... bonus facts on top of my facts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do agree that Callie had a lot of, has had a lot of facts, but on the fact off fact alone, I I like the the uh, an- ankylosaur, ankylosaur uh, just like say. that is such a detailed, it's so good. Mo- like cast. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could kiss that. 
<laughs> little nose boop. <laughs> a little nose boop. Uh, so I'm going to give it to Hank. Hey, all right. There you go. Scientists will need a little sign. Please do not smooch the ankylosaur. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're having a problem with people smooching the ankylosaur. And now it's time for Ask the Science Couch, where we ask listener questions to our couch of finely honed scientific minds, which this week I'm not sitting on. So it's great. I'm very relaxed. It's just Callie this week, really. <laughs> She's the most honed. Uh, this is what I've trained for you guys. <laughs> Stefan, what is our question? At Bree Beecher asks, what is the most controversial fossil Ooh, discovered? The most controversial yeah. fossil ever discovered. I had so many questions on top of that question. Yeah. yeah. My main question was, when are we talking controversial fossil? Because, mm-hmm. like, basically everything that was found in the Victorian period was controversial. Like, we didn't know how to put them together. Like, heads were put on the ends of tails. And yeah. backbones <laughs> were broken to create upright postures and all sorts of stuff. And so, like, if we narrow it down just to, like, modern, modern. times. Right yeah. Now. yeah. Today, yeah. what is the most controversial fossil of today. Mm. Mm -hmm. My thought was currently the most controversial fossil would be the four billion year evidence of life. Oh, yeah. 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 So so they have these little minerals called zircons. You can check out an Eons episode all about this. Mm -hmm. Um, And inside these zircons, they're like timekeepers basically they're little capsules of awesomeness and when you look at the carbon isotope ratios it skews closer to the life side of carbon isotope than Mm -hmm. non-life side of carbon isotope Mm -hmm. and so that's one single mineral grains worth of carbon isotope is now being very hotly debated on whether it is actual a sign of life or if it's just something weird or what. Because we know of life about 3.5, 3.7 billion years that's not so controversial. But that one zircon <laughs> has caused a lot of issues per chance. Huh. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was one of my top ones. That was one of my top ones too. Okay, um, also the Tully monster oh, made yes. my list. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 1958, a scientist named Francis Tully discovered this weird weird fossilized shape. It has a really long proboscis and scientists have been debating back and forth like, is it an invertebrate? Is it a vertebrate? People have come out with different theories about, well, it's a relative of the hagfish or a lungfish or something like that. These illustrations of the Tully monster, man. Oh, I love it so much. She's we like, talk about Tully in one of our episodes. Yeah, we've got it. He's, yeah. Uh, I just like it because it looks like he looks a little bit like... Um, you know, a oh, yeah. squid wearing glasses oh, yeah, with instead of a mouth, it's got like an arm, like the kind of arm that would pick up a toy at a at a it's movie like, theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crane arm. Oh, Crane yeah. Arm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it or looks like, like a kid drew a, on a scribble on a piece of paper and was mm-hmm. like, this is my monster now. Yeah, very spore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. There we go. If you want to ask the Science Couch your questions, you can follow us on Twitter at SciShowTangents, where we will tweet out topics for upcoming episodes every week. Thank you to at AnnaWilson630, at Ramen King, and everybody else who tweeted us your questions this week. The final Hank Buck scores for you, everyone. Sarah, you've got one. Stefan, you've got one. Callie and I tied with two. Woo! Thank you, Callie, for joining us. You can find uh, more of what Callie is doing along with me and our friend Blake DiPastino over at PBS Eons. To learn more about the deep, deep, deep history, it's at youtube.com slash eons. Uh, and you can check out her Instagram at 
fossil underscore librarian to see what else she's up to. If you like the show and you want to help us out, it's really easy to do that. You can leave us a review wherever you listen, please. Thank you. Very helpful for us to know what you like about the show. Second, tweet out your favorite moment from this episode. And finally, if you want to show your love for SciShow Tangents, tell people about us. And if you want to read any more about today's topics, you can check out scishowtangents.org to find links to all of our sources. I said .com earlier, but it's .org. I'm sorry. Thank you for joining us. I have been Hank Green. I've been Stefan Chin. I've been Sari Riley. And I'm Callie Moore. SciShow Tangents is a co-production of Complexly and the amazing team at WNYC Studios. It's created by all of us and produced by Caitlin Hoffmeister and Sam Schultz, who also edits a lot of these episodes with Hiroko Matsushima. Our sound design is by Joseph Tunamedish. Our social media organizer is Victoria Bongiorno, and we couldn't make any of this without our patrons on Patreon. Thank you, and remember, the mind is not a vessel to be filled, but a fire to be lighted. We talked a lot about poop today. Sure did. And we also discussed some pseudofossils. So I want to talk a little bit about the longest coprolite or pseudopoo that has ever been found. We're not sure which it is? No, we know now, but it was after the fact. So this thing is 40 inches. Whoa. This 40-inch so-called poo was put on an auction block and sold for over $10,000. And then scientists was like, Wait a second. Oh, no. That's not real. That's a fake fake turd. So it was an earth turd. It it came out of the same unit that you find the fake turds from. So somebody spent 10 grand on a 40-inch pseudo poo. Who was it? I don't know. But look, people pay $10,000 for Gucci belts. So True. if you're going to pay $10,000 for an earth turd, I'm not going to judge you. No, True. go ahead. And uh, somebody made some money off of it. But yeah, they're roughly 6 million years old from the Wilkie's formation in Washington State. So from I mean, the it's still like, if it's still millions of years old and it's like a, an I'm, earth squirt, like, I mean, that seems, it, I got, it's worth 10000 I got stuff to tell you about rocks, man. Oh. Yeah, you can go. <laughs> Pick up any rock. Uh, yeah, if you, want a six, if you want something that's six million years old, I got some things to sell you. Well. <laughs> I know, that's like a drop in the bucket, too. I mean, six million, that was like yesterday. So, yeah. So there there you go. There's, there's some pseudo poo for you that's worth 10 grand. <laughs>